This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Well, I didn't sleep last night because honestly, I was so, don't be offended by this, but I was so buzzed and on fire with what's in my heart because it's, it's things that God has been doing in my heart personally as a believer, but also in our house for decades, decades. And literally this morning, I was sitting there thinking, this house is primed. This house is primed for a happening in the spirit and in the kingdom. And, you know, even if you're here for the first time this morning, you're a part of that. You know, I think so often we churchify everything. And we think, well, if I don't go to church every Sunday or if I don't do things the way... And please don't be offended by my heart because I'm, I'm, a, I'm part of the church <laughs> and I love the gatherings, but I love the gatherings not because we sit on a blue chair and we have a script for Sunday, but because we are the children of God and he loves the whole world. And so what part do we play on this planet so that others can know you're meant to be literally walking with him daily? So the house is primed and... Um, you know, the, the people that love me and, and were like, you know, yay, when I came up, I hope you still feel that way after my message. <laughs> you know, sometimes when, um, and I think, honestly, I think Pastor Gavin's heart has been preparing us for quite a while for what God has been doing in our household for 36 years. You know, sometimes we, we get focused on um, just what's happening in this moment. And we don't realize that there has been prep work happening and not just the 36 years of this house being in existence. But our pastor, Joni, she and her husband, Barry Lubby, they were teen ministers. Teen, teen ministers. They were in young adult ministry. And then prior to that, they both grew up in Christian homes. I mean, guys, and then obviously if they grew up in Christian homes... Their heritage back generations. So I think sometimes we have to look at, it can feel like, oh my gosh, Lord, the change. There's changes. You know what? I, I, I was laughing at myself the other day because years ago on the staff, we took these tests. I don't remember what they were called. I think they ended up, they gave us this thing that was a mind, mind print. They didn't like print literally our brain. But we took these tests and it showed what where you thrive and where you don't. Well, I'm like crazy right brain, almost like I should walk like this. Um, you know, I mean, details and stuff. I'm like, thank, thank the Lord for people around me that remember details because I don't. I just don't. Um, but in this test, I was off the charts for thriving and change. But in the past year or so, I've thought, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know if I really am a thriver in change. But some of the things that God's been teaching me, um, I realize, no, I am built for this. And actually, we all are. We all are built for change. Everything in nature proves that because things start out as seeds. They grow. They mature. We as humans start out teeny tiny couple cells. We grow in utero, then we're born, we grow, we mature. As we mature in each season of life, we look at things differently, and we have the right to. Take a deep breath, because you have a right to have an opinion right now on anything you want to have an opinion on. But what I want to share this morning, and the name of my message, take a deep breath, because, I mean, this is a way serious title, okay? The Sacred Privilege. the sacred privilege. And actually, God changed the title. It wasn't that originally. And over the past couple of days, as I've pondered what's in my heart and what I knew would overflow, I felt he wanted to change it to the sacred privilege because he began to speak even louder than he ever has before. Do you really understand the privilege to have relationship with me? God in his brilliance chose to create us in his image and of his kind and likeness so that he could interact with us and commune with us, so that he could teach us and guide us, 
so that he could love us and that we would recognize the love. And you know, I think sometimes we, we get distracted by this beautiful book. Mine's ragged. Thank you, Lord, because it's been, I've been here exactly half of my life. I've been at Living Faith 34 years. Exactly half of my life. I thought about that at about 2 o'clock this morning. And I love this word. But even as Gav's been teaching us, this word is rich and beautiful, but he created it as an altar I would come to to meet him. Not to meet a rule or a regulation. Not to find out how to be a church person. Not to find out how to prove to the world that I'm a Christian. You know, it's, I find things like that so interesting. Um, so as I bring this message, I pray truly that you will hear my heart. Because I do believe this house is primed. I believe that um, those of us that stay together, those of you even that are new, God brings people with divine instinct and he puts them together so that our individual relationship with him, when put together with other folks, becomes something really widespread and influential. And you know, it's not just when we see it happening. I think so often we look for the spectacular. We look for the miraculous, forgetting that the sacred privilege is the greatest of the miracles. So I want to read you um, the definition of sacred. Defined biblically as holy or set apart for God, something distinctly for God's use. Then also, and this is not just from the religious perspective, it's the power, being, or realm understood to be at the core of existence and to have transformative effect on our lives and destinies. That kind of just punched me in the heart. Relationship with God was never meant to afford me entrance into heaven, though that is part of my covenant. But relationship with God and being born new is being given that sacred privilege of change. Even in my 34 years here, my perspective on scripture, my understanding of doctrine has evolved. And that's okay. And so as we look at some things today, this is not meant to come at any of us, including me, because these are things that God has posed toward me as living faith matures and, and as I've grown in the role that I play in this house as a sister, a mother, uh, a friend, a pastor, teacher, all, you know, we all have a multiplicity of roles that we play both in the church and then outside of the church. And so as God's been speaking to me, even of late, he's drawing me to a more serious, not lacking fun. You know, God can be fun because he is dad. And for me, he can be daddy. But of late, I have I felt him more and more come to me as father. Because one of the things is if I've been here for 34 years, which I have, and my spiritual mom can prove it, um, and many other relatives, um, I have walked with Pastor Gavin for 34 years. And so I know that our roles change and we're able to have personal perspective, we're able to see things differently, but if there's anything that I've been able to see, it's that in the past couple of years, God has used him to bring to fruition some things that were intended for this house all along. And you know, for those of you that have been here for many years, it's interesting to look because the congregation has changed. That's not always a bad thing. People learn and grow, and they go. Don't we? I mean, swallow deep, because sometimes we've got to realize people go other places with what they have inside of them, right? And I think sometimes we have to learn to digest that. I don't do that well. I don't digest it well because I'm kind of a 
I'm a hippie from the 70s, and I kind of like the communal thing. I want the family to stay. I don't want the family to go anywhere. I just want us all to live together. Let's just build a community, be together. And But that's not God's intention. And, you know, honestly, to a degree, that's what the church, not our church, but the church in general, has gotten almost like a commune. We come on Sundays, we're all Christians, and we just live in our little Christian community, and we hang out with Christians, and we do Christian things. And we never go anywhere that's not Christian. And we don't make friends with families that aren't Christian because our kids might be influenced with non-Christian beliefs. Which, those are factual things that can happen. However, in a house like this, with all of the beauty of this word and what God in sacred privilege gives to us, we have the power of change to where we can still have a kingdom perspective even when we walk with people that aren't kingdom people. You know, this is something that Pastor Barry, he's the founding um, spiritual father of this house, and he used to say, and and at first, because I came out of a a very strong um, denomination, and he would say, um, the church is in the kingdom. The kingdom's not in the church. The church is in the kingdom. God's domain is far bigger than this Sunday sanctuary. And we go places every day in the domain of God. And there are people, because you do realize that everything is inside of God. I mean, all of these realms came out of God. So they're inside of God, right? So I know some of this is deep thinking, but let yourself go there. Let yourself realize that even science in these days is proving things in the spirit. Do you know that the particle in an atom, quantum physics, this stuff fascinates me and I'm not even scientific. The particle in an atom comes into view when looked for. That's crazy. It's kind of magical, but here's the bottom line. It's spiritual. So does God. So I have a question for you. I love that. I think Jack put a question out there too. Um, I've said all these things about sacred and the sacred privilege of relationship with God and the privilege of being born again so that we can change. Do we perhaps view relationship with God far too casually? Sometimes I would say, like in the training center, I I read notes because if I feel like God gave it to me, so I'm going to read this. Relationship with God gives us the constant privilege, privilege to change. You know, it's, it's very cool to me that if I do something wrong, I'm not like now a criminal and I'm out. I have the privilege of change. Think about what a privilege it is to be created and built for change. Cellularly, we're built for change. I mean, everything naturally proves out what God has to say about how powerful we are. Anybody feel powerful every day? No, and some days we think, I'm not even sure I'm born again. Anybody ever feel like that? I mean, you ever have a thought, like somebody works your last nerve, and you have this thought, and you're thinking, That's, that is so not Christian. Anybody ever have that? I mean, like, I probably have that at least once a day. And some of the stuff I think about my own self is like way not Christian. I mean, like I'm convinced I'm absolutely crazy, which I am, but I'm in God's hand now. So please know that God chooses to take crazy people and influence the world with them. Because when you love Jesus, that's why worship blew me away today. The movement that literally grabs a hold of your heart and squeezes tight like thinking, really, it is just about loving Jesus and being loved by Jesus, because that's the ultimate change. Being born fresh and new and being put in this present continuous state whereby every day I can have freshness and newness. Every time I have a creepy thought, I can have freshness and newness. I can lean into God. We have all of our Christian tags, all of our church tags. We have all these tags, these words you know, sanctification and faith and and all of these transformation, all these words, but who defines them really for you? God. I remember one time I used a word um, in a spiritual context, and this person said, I don't like when you use that word because that really, you know, that's not a good word. 
And so I went to the Lord and I said, I've offended this person. What, you know, is that a wrong word to use? It wasn't a curse word or anything. It was just a word. And so he told me where to go to look up some things in, in the dictionary. And um, in this one particular research piece that was written by a Christian, it took a scripture and said that in actual fact, it's the heart of man that defines a word. Would you say it's time for us to take a few words back? I think it's time to take some words back. There's a lot of words that are completely misused, and Christians stop saying them. And we're told we're mean or ugly or whatever when we say certain words. Well, okay. But see, I mean, only we know in our hearts. Like if I offend somebody, I'll say, Lord, I'm sorry I offended them. If I'm supposed to still be connected to this person, then show me how to continue to build relationship. So I've admitted to people, I might work your last nerve. I might make you mad. I might come across bitey because I've got a passion that really, uh, it's a little stronger than most people can handle. Actually, I'm going to be honest, it's stronger than I can handle sometimes. <laughs> like sometimes I have actually said, Jesus, I wish I wasn't this passionate about stuff because people think I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm mad about God. I'm mad about truth. I'm mad about change. I'm mad about what God is doing in this house in the right way. Do I like it all? No. (laughs) Some changes just wreck your life a little bit. But you know what, guys? This This is my thing. Are we too casual with our relationship with God? Are we angry with changes going on in the church of Jesus Christ and the earth because it messes my comfort zone up? You know, if we don't do it the way we've always done it here on Sundays, how will I know how to act? No, seriously. I mean, I say this to me and I say to Jesus, I go talk to Jesus. I'm like, I'm feeling kind of funky here. You know, like I feel like a fish out of water. He's like, well, you're not a fish out of water, so... How you feel is just how you feel. And then we begin to look at relationship. See, this is the key, guys. In the kingdom, it's not about is everything being done right or wrong. In living faith, it's not about every single thing being right. Let's make sure we can chapter and verse everything. I promise you, if you stay having relationship with God, you're going to have some things you ain't going unless you get a different translation. No, seriously. Think about it. Some of the encounters that people had in the scriptures, they were wild and crazy. If they had them, because they, and they had no book to look at in the old covenant, they didn't have a book to look at. They couldn't read chapters and verses, but they had these encounters with God and they chose to believe God was coming to them. See, this is the beauty of being a person of the word is you learn God's character and nature. And so if something happens that's not of his character and nature, then maybe have a question. Like, is this really you, God? So relationship, we're built for change. If we're misguided, we can change. If we're wrong, we can change. Change brings life, once again, to a needed area or situation every day. I believe in this house right now, some of what... um, Pastor Gavin is preparing us for is what God is doing in the church in the earth. And with all my heart, I believe that it is akin to the upper room experience. I really do. I really do. It's like invitation to people's hearts. Whoever's willing to come, come. Because he's going to do some things in the church that we may think, seriously, Jesus? Have you ever said that? I say that, golly, every day these days. Like, seriously, Jesus? Like, what's going on, Jesus? I don't understand. You see, I don't have to understand everything in order to be committed with my Heavenly Father. In fact, when I first came here 34 years ago, I was raised in a denomination that taught against the baptism with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, spoke against all of those things, said all of that had passed away. It was not for us today. And then (laughs) I got baptized in the Spirit. Actually, I searched for three years, had the hardest time trying to figure out how do I get this because how I'd been taught this doctrine did not allow it. And so my brain stopped what God was actually doing. Have you ever had your brain and your doctrine stop what God's doing? 
There's a lot of people doing it in the church in these days. So, I want to share a scripture. Um, Y'all can go there if you want. I'm just going to allude to it and then talk a little bit about it. Um, The first time that I really heard this scripture with my heart, it's Psalm 4610. It was in the home group that my husband and I had, and it was led by Rodney Cash, one of the way back fathers in this house. Um, He's been here from the very beginning, I believe, almost the very beginning, right? Um, And one night, we we would have these moves of God in our care group, and it was free. Some of it was freaking me out because um, I wasn't even having those kind of moves like before I came to Living Faith, I wasn't having those kind of moves in the sanctuary on a Sunday in the denomination I was in. So when these things started happening in our living room, I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, but deep inside. You ever have things happen between you and God or in the presence of God? like in a, And deep inside, like your head doesn't understand, maybe even your head doesn't like it because it kind of pulls you forward to behave in a way that you're not really comfortable behaving. Well... That's what was going on in our care group, all kinds of things going on. Um, and this one particular night, Rodney said, um, brought this scripture up. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I think that that is a verse, not just for our house right now, but for the church in the earth. Still yourself, still, Jack talked about it, distractions, I think it was talked about at prayer, still the distractions, still the frustrations, still the things that would make you think, well, according to the way I know the word, this is not appropriate. Um, I'm not saying accept heresy. However, I'm sure probably 75% of the people in this room know there's a lot of things some of us have called heresy through the years that we now completely know is God. It's quite amazing that we are such powerful creatures that the way we believe and the opinions we have can literally stop the movement of God. Are you guys with me? Because honestly, living faith, he's speaking to us. Um, some of the things as, as I've been like, okay, Lord, um, even my role here has, has evolved and transitioned multiple times through 34 years. I mean multiple dramatic transitions. And yet deep inside to know, okay, God, it's really not about the role. It's about you've planted me with a family. You have a way that you want to use me in the kingdom. You have a family that you'll be drawing to this house, and because I have a strong mother heart, you'll use me in some ways there. I'm saying all these things because you are not here by accident this morning, even if you're visiting from another church. Because God is moving very mightily in this earth, wooing hearts to um, an upper experience. He's drawing us into places where his move is more important to us than what we know and understand. He wants us to know him intimately. He wants us to grasp him personally as God. I love him as daddy. I love to hang with Jesus. I love hanging with the Holy Spirit. But I never want to lose sight of the truth that God is God. He is the one true living God. He's the creator of all things. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's Everything that transcends me being able to think it in rational thought with my brain. He's far beyond that. But he has chosen to build me, to build you, 
in a form that can relate to him. Guys, that's so, that's so sacred. That is so sacred that the one, everything we see, all the planets, all the stars, when you go out and you see billions of stars, most of which are not even lit anymore, but they're so far away that it takes millions of years for their light to get to where we see it. I mean, even that, I cannot consciously digest that. But science proves it. Science proves it. Yes, God is moving in scientists mightily in this day. So be still and know that he's your God. Calm your thoughts. I say this to me. I'm pointing fingers back here. Calm your opinions. Calm what you know or believe to be right and get quiet and still inside to recognize that he brings a healing power when we allow our being to first and foremost experience our spirituality with God. One of the things that I've thought about a lot, because having been brought up in a denomination that actually did honor him as God, but didn't really know he still wanted to walk with us here, um, I learned a lot about, you know, God, but he felt far away. You know, I learned about his power. I learned about things, but it never really personally involved me. I would experience him once I died physically and went to heaven. Um, So when I first came into spirit-filled existence, living faith, and so forth, um, over the first probably 15 years, I was thriving in the getting to know daddy, getting getting to know Jesus personally, getting to know um, the one that wanted to sit close to me, talk freely with me. And sometimes we can like that so much that we don't really want to mature. Say no condemnation. I mean, I still sometimes wish my natural parents were alive and I could just be their little girl. Because sometimes I get really tired of adulting. (laughs) I do. Anybody else? I mean, I'm going to put both hands up. Because some days it's like, seriously, Jesus? Like, "Mm, I'm not vibing with any of this. And not just like in my family, but like the whole world. The whole world is chaotic. There's chaos happening all around us. And yet deep inside the God of creation, the God who made everything, made each one of us, wants to literally speak to me and calm my heart and tenderly come. But he comes with a power, guys, a power that transcends the natural. And he says, I won't force it on you, Kath. I won't force it on you. I will wait for you to want it. You know, I, I said to, because um, we, we're starting all the new classes and all, and so I said to the, my group the other night um, that the course was about, I mean, it sounds, you know, like God's power and all that, but his power, you find the greatest revelation of his power in his love. I mean, hello. This powerful being chooses to love us, chooses to love us unconditionally, chooses to accept all of mankind and say, okay, I died for all of them. This crazy powerful one who created everything. That's his heart. But I feel like he's saying, if you're not hungry, if you're not passionate, and you know, it's your choice this morning for you to say how far you're willing to go. And and it's no judgment. There's no judgment in this house. I'm bringing to you what God has said to me, um, even for myself. And I would say to you, if you don't have passion, if you don't have hunger, it's okay. No condemnation. But the only place you'll get it is from him. You know, it's like when when I fell in love with Neil um, and we were dating, I didn't go elsewhere. The, The passion and love for him didn't come from elsewhere. I didn't get it from the Bible. I didn't get it from reading some sort of love novel. I didn't get it elsewhere. It came as I spent time with him. Literally, I got to know him more and more. Literally, the friendship we had had for years grew. 
And then there's something built that only came because we spent time together. So guys, there's something happening in this house. Goodness, there is, I feel like screaming it. There is something happening in this house. Don't be distracted. Please don't be distracted by things that have changed on this platform, things that are changing in the house, the fact that the Wednesday night changed and now we have a multiplicity of courses. View it this way. God is moving and he is saying, I'm not doing this and isolated to one little box that everybody can understand. I'm taking my power, my love, my presence, and I'm moving it out. It's a multiplicity of things that's going to include people from every nation, every race, Every perspective. I mean, honestly, church, let God take your perspective because people are coming from every, uh, some things that honestly, Christians are like, no, no, unholy. Watch out. Because I have found, I have found, when I thought I knew what was right, I was stopping the move of God. When I was resistant to something I was uncomfortable with. When I was resistant to something I could chapter and verse and prove to you with verses. I can prove things. I mean, I came in with my Bible to get baptized in the Spirit with Pastor Barry and showed him everything that I had been taught that said that tongues had passed away. But I was reading them with a perspective. A perspective that had been washed. Come on, Christians. We love being washed. Washed. We all clean. And sometimes we're washed with denominational perspective or even living faith perspective that would stop his move in future manifestation. Watch out. Watch out. God's moving. You know, some of my generation like listens to the music and says, well, I don't, I don't know. Is it is it correct? Look at the hearts of the people singing it. What do you feel? Or does your brain say, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm serious about these things because God is moving and God, the, the Bible tells us that he looks at the heart. He used people in scripture through all the thousands of years. He used prostitutes. He used people of ill repute, all kinds of things, tax collectors, thieves. He used, literally, he didn't spit in Judas's face. Come on, guys. So what's he going to do? What could he do with our house? These are the things where I sit with him and I say, Lord, where I'm uncomfortable, where I don't maybe see eye to eye 100%, which if any, those of you that know me, you know, there's not a person on the planet I see eye to eye with 100%. Nobody. And you may be the same. I have lots of opinions, but they're not all God. Many are me. And God's coming with this sacred privilege revelation that is brewing inside me that, Kathy, your opinions hold no water right now. They will not cause you to progress or the people you love. And so I'm saying, let me, I mean, as long as I've walked with Gavin, the messages, particularly over the past year, I'm saying, Lord, I'm, I'm going to put my heart out here. What is my part in what you're feeding through our pastor? Am I friends with him? Yes. But he's my pastor too. And so I'm saying, Lord, what is my role? What is my honor to you? How do I say this is a sacred privilege, Lord? It's a sacred privilege to hear someone else share how you're speaking to their heart. Doesn't mean I have to do it exactly like they do it. But I want to say on Sundays, if you think that this man is getting on this, and I wasn't planning to do this, but I'm going to do it because my heart feels to do it. If you think this man is getting on this platform and feeding you something he thought up in his brain, you are sadly mistaken. He is going to God and has been going to God since he was young. The training center we had years ago, he sat through that. His father ran the church. He sat through that. He paid for his classes. Make sure that when you look at the people around you, you're looking with kingdom eyes. 
Make sure that you're looking not just with your comfortable perspective. And this message is not just about living faith. This is happening in the earth. God is coming to houses all over the place. If you listen, uh, I've heard a lot of messages that are right along the lines of what Pastor Gavin's doing. God is literally calling the church to a place of reality. Reality. Do you understand? Church is not reality. God is reality. Our denominations, our way of doing things is not the hierarchical thing God has said, do it this way. Do you understand that he's not saying, come sit on blue chairs, though it will benefit you to come sit on blue chairs and gather with your family and have conversations and look at the Bible. I'm saying, look at the Bible, but don't be bound by its truth. If how you're looking at this book doesn't set you free, then you're not looking with the right spirit. And I, you can come to me afterwards if that offends you. I'm sorry. But that's the truth. And I learned that personally. How I was looking at it all those years ago was very, um, one of the descriptions, like, you know, they, they would put like a hook in a cow's nose so that they could put a chain on the cow. And then the cow is not really making its own way. It's being led. I had a chain hooked to my nose, and I was led denominationally. And then sometimes, okay, don't freak out. I say this with the greatest of respect, Pastor. <laughs> Not to you personally. Just in general, if you're sitting in living faith and feeling like you have to just walk this way, because this is how we do it at living faith, that's not the intention of this house. If it were, I wouldn't have lasted 34 years. I'm one of the most out there, irrational, um, independently motivated at times people, and I needed spiritual parents that would tell me the truth when I was acting like an idiot. And when I would allow that to transpire, then I saw I'm getting into deeper relationship with God. So we've got an opportunity here. We've got an opportunity at Living Faith. We've got an opportunity in the body of Christ in the earth. We've got an opportunity to allow our hearts, how we're built, how we view things. If given to God, he knows how specifically and opinionated I can be. But God has chosen to use that for purpose. God has chosen in some ways, some of my crazy, to help people realize you can be crazy and still be used by God. I mean, some of you know my testimony. i got a crazy testimony. I'm going to tell you what. I might have grown up in a very strong denomination, but I also ran away from it and played for a long time in the world. But because I had accepted a sacred privilege without even realizing it, I wasn't destroyed. He knew exactly where I would end up. He knew exactly how he would grab my heart. He knew exactly the spiritual family to put me in. And he knew that at times, demons with me, I joke about that because, well, we won't even go there. I'm not teaching spiritual warfare. But he would know that some of them come out of me screaming. But I've not been fired. Because this house simply wants to allow the move of God so that people, other people, can be found by Jesus. People need to be found by Jesus, guys. Philippians 2.13 is such a beautiful scripture for it's God that works in you. For it's God that works in you. It's God that works in you. You know, we think we're making all kinds of decisions. We think we're changing our mind. We're yielding our behaviors. It's God that works in us to will and do of his pleasure. Some of the things that have tripped me out over the years and maybe even over the past couple of years, things that I'm uncomfortable with or don't like, do you know that he's worked in me and used those things? Used those things to help me realize, you don't have to like it, Kathy. You don't have to like it. I'm going to let that rest there a minute because I think there's a lot of us in, in the church, in the earth, 
There's things we don't like. But he would tell me, you don't have to like it. But if you trust me, you will stay the course. Kicking and screaming all the way sometimes. Thank God for worship. Some of the places that I would get purified, my crazy thinking, because I would come, I would have the boldness to come right into worship with all my crazy thoughts, all my things I had said in conversation with God alone, and just like, <laughs> seriously, Jesus? Like, but then come into worship and realize that this magnificent, creative being who brought everything into existence in the material world has chosen me to be in his image. I think we have an opportunity in these days in our house here to allow God to do some magnificent things. You know, um, I said earlier, and I think it's a point that we should ponder, because again, we have all of our phrases like being born again and the new birth, the baptism with the Spirit. But I, one of my most enjoyable things is to take those terms, take things and sit alone with Jesus and say, what does this really mean to me? How do, what does this have to do with me? What being a spirit-filled Christian, what, what does that mean to me? What does it look like? For me, some of it is that when maybe I don't see eye to eye or I think I know, some of, um, for me, my kingdom thinking is to choose not to take issue. The other day I was frustrated about something and God said, you don't have to be frustrated. I said, well, I am. I don't like it. He said, yeah. Well, it's happening. Here's a powerful thing that I will say to you. In God's words, because they're containers, they contain exactly what he wants you to receive. So on that day when he was speaking so bluntly to me, there was strength to calm down in it. He says, you don't have to be frustrated. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, make me unfrustrated. Well, if I would receive his words and know that he's talking to me, there would be a calming effect. And there was a calming effect. I said, I didn't like it. But see, whenever I say I don't like something, he always says, just give me permission to change your mind. Just give me permission. So when God comes with these magnificent containers, which is communal words, he comes to talk to us. It's not just when he speaks to us in scriptures, but because of scriptures and you've fostered this relationship with him, he can say a lot of very cool stuff to your heart to settle us down. I think he wants to settle us down and send us out into this world. He wants us to be calm. He wants us to be non-judgmental. And if we're going to be non-judgmental out there, it's going to have to start here. It's going to have to start here. It's going to have to start in our homes. It's going to have to start in our church home. It's going to have to start in the things that we put our hands to at work. If we're going to be non-judgmental, my opinions will keep me judgmental. I'm not saying you can't have opinions. I'm just saying if we keep our opinions in kingdom order, kingdom order just means do I use my opinions by the character and nature of God or me? I'm going to shoot this out there and I'm not going far with it. Watch out for politics. Because you have to choose a side. I'm not saying you won't choose a side when you make a vote. But I'm just saying on the way through, watch out. Watch out. Because once you have a political mindset, you're going to use it in the church. 
I'm not going any further, I promise. I'm going to close with this scripture. I, mean, I can't even see that clock for these lights. Um, this is Philippians 2.13, but from the Passion Translation. God will, this is what I love, remember it's God that works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God will continually revitalize you. He takes care of me when I'm acting crazy in my brain. He takes care of me and gives me strength to walk a path, he, he revitalizes me. Now, a lot of times I'm not wanting the revitalization. I'm like just mad. Anybody ever get like that? Like I'm just in my humanness, in my humanness. But this is another thing that I've learned in these years is God says, I want you to embrace your humanity. Don't try and act like you're something you're not. You're a human. You have a human experience. You're a spirit being, but you are human. You have a lot of human feelings. You have human perspectives. That Your humanity is not ungodly when you submit it to me. So when I'm majorly ticked off, I just go to God first. Say like, okay, I'm going to get some things off my chest, God. Nobody else is going to hear this. If I share the testimony, I'll filter it. God can handle my words. God will continually revitalize you, implanting with you the passion to do what pleases him. Isn't he worthy of us pleasing him? You know, it's not like he's wanting us to prove we're good boys and girls. That's what I love. It's, he's not saying, I want the church to prove you're all good boys and girls. Just well-behaved children. God's children. Well-behaved. You know, like parents get mad when you like go in public and the kids act all crazy, you know, and, and you're like, how can they do this? God's not saying that to us. In fact, personally, I think he's fine that people see us that crazy. And then we go back and say, look, I got to apologize to you for how I spoke to you because I was like not in my right mind. We don't have to say, you know, Jesus convicted me of this. No, he might have. But the point is we just go and tell him, you know, I'm really sorry because that's kingdom behavior. That's kingdom behavior. We don't have to go around dropping all of our religious terms. That happens in the closet with him. He says, you know, I'm sanctifying you. I'm like, you got a big job. But God's doing things, and I want to really encourage you living faith. Stay connected to what God is saying to our house. If you get things, um, even like what Jody brought this morning, I mean, it's in line with even what I brought as a message. God is saying things. If you have feelings in worship, but you're like, mm, I don't act like that in public, maybe practice going further than you're comfortable going. If you've got opinions and you feel like it keeps you divided from people, have somebody you trust and say, am I really that opinionated? And look at them and say, yeah. And let them do that with you. Like it's time for honesty. It's time to be human Christians filled with the spirit of God. Okay? So the people out there can see you don't have to make yourself clean and then you can say, I claim the name of Jesus. No, let them see. I'm going to hang all my laundry out there. Jesus took care of it already. See, these are things that I think it's time to hear them because this church is primed. You know, one of the things that blew me away, like during pandemic and all, Sally was doing sozos with people across the world by Zoom. I think you did one with a lady in China, didn't you? China on a Zoom call. And the woman experienced God. Come on, guys. God's using science. He's using humans. He's using opinions. He's using our crazy. He's saying, I'm going to take the living word living in you, and I'm going to show off my love. But at the same time, okay, it's a sacred privilege. Let's really grab that living faith that we come in here every Sunday and we sit in the presence of God, safe and sound, partly because of the nation we're in, that we have that freedom. But at the same time, it's a sacred privilege. It's very sacred. In order for God to give that kind of a sacred privilege to this nation, um, a lot of lives have been lost. Let's not be the ones that devour lives with our Christian tongue. Do you still love me? Amen. Strong message. 
sacred. It's a sacred privilege. I'm going to pray, and um, if you agree with this sacred prayer or sacred privilege idea, I want you just in your heart, you, between you and him, just whatever you would say. If it's, I'm sorry, I've been a little casual, or if it's just, I'm just going to receive this and, and think about it, Lord. I, I don't know. Because maybe this didn't strike you in the right place. And that's okay. I'm not offended. I've done what I felt God wanted me to do. You know, sometimes he puts a message in you. And um, I didn't sleep after about 1230 last night. I was like, okay, Jesus, I don't understand this, but I'm going to trust you for strength even physically. Because I believe you want me to share this. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you agree with it, just in your heart, do whatever you would do with God. And if you don't know what to do, just say, I don't even know what to do, God, but something she said hit my heart. Father, we honor you this morning. We're so very grateful that we have a house that believes in the living God and the living word. I thank you, Father God, for your acceptance. There's not a human that's ever been born or is living now or will be born that you don't accept. Not one. And so, Father, I thank you for the work you're doing in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you that being your offspring is a sacred privilege. Thank you that we are capable of changing. Thank you that even today, if we've had anything that divides us, from agreeing with your movement and the purity of your movement. Thank you for coming and touching us and helping us to let go of that. Father, I thank you for this household. I thank you for everyone that's here today. I thank you for all the families that are represented here. I thank you that truly you are building a multi-generational heritage of people that accept the freedom, but also the sanctity of it the sacredness of it. And so, Father, we just say thank you for the work you're doing in the body, in the earth. May we be the expression you desire, individually but also corporately. We give you praise for everything that's gone on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Have a great week.